Okay, we are in Sefer Yeshayahu, Perech Samach Aleph, coming down to the home stretch. And Pasuk Aleph of Samach Aleph, Ruach Hashem Elohim Olai. And interestingly, this Nebuah, Yeshayahu goes, as he's done before, into the autobiographical, a sort of how I became a Navi, what my mission statement is, etc. And it's important to remember that there were other Nevi'im contemporaneous with Yeshayahu, specifically Hosea, Micha, Amos, and the one thing they had in common, they were all, as we're going to see, abused, humiliated, derided by their own people. So that being a Navi in Israel isn't really a prestigious uh, job where you make friends, etc. And Yeshayahu was no different. But what distinguished Yeshayahu was that he was one of the only, if not the only, Navi who leaped at the opportunity, who volunteered himself at the opportunity. Most of them we saw are reluctant, are dragged into it. In uh, prime example, Yonah, we see escapes to avoid having to be a Navi and to prophesy uh, at Nineveh. But Yeshayahu, you will recall, back at the very beginning, the Kaddish Baruch Hu says, Mia Shaleach, who will I send? And Yeshayahu answers without hesitating, Hineni, I'm here, Shlachani, send me. But that doesn't mean he was not without his own very serious problems and degradations. He does prophesy longer than any other Navi, to be specific, 86 years are the years of his prophecies uh, under four different kings. He is killed, assassinated by King Menashe, who objects to his prophecies, which are against King Menashe. And Menashe is always, uh, happens to be his father-in-law. Moreover, Ishayo puts his own ups and downs uh, directly in his Nebuah, if you will recall back in Parak Nun, Pasuk above, Yeshayahu says, and I quote, Gave nosati lamakim lamarotim. It was often that I gave my back to beatings and my cheeks to slaps. But I did not hide my face from uh, insults and spit, literally, the rope. So we see that as Nevoah is not a very um, prestigious job in terms of B'nai Yisrael. It's something that has to be done. And Yeshayahu does it. And so he begins with Pasuk Aleph, Ruach Hashem, the spirit of Hashem came upon me. Um, Ruach Hashem, Yan Mashach Hashem Osi Levaser Aravim, the Kaddish Baruch who sent me on a multi-objective mission, specifically to bring good tidings to the humble, uh, to bandage the brokenhearted. Levaser Aravim Shlachani Lachbosh Lenishbere Lev, the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom. 
and open the chains of the prisoners. We see also the usage of Adonai Elohim. We know that um, Adonai is usually Lashon Midas Harachmim, Elohim is Midas Hadin, and they are two, would seem two opposites. And yet, that's what Yeshayo is saying. There are times it has to be a strict Midas Hadin in my prophecies. There has to be Midas HaRachamim, and both have to be integrated. So, Likrosh Nasratzon Lashem, I was appointed to proclaim a year of goodwill of Hashem, that would be Midas HaRachamim, and a day of Hashem's vengeance. That would be Midas Hadin. And so we see that it's in scale. The Midas HaRachamim is a year of Rachamim, counterbalanced by a day, the Yom, my job is to console, to comfort all the morning. So there is three parts of that, the Midas HaRachamim, we saw the Midas HaDin, and all of the Avelim and suffering to bring to them a sense of purpose. Um, continues the Navi, <coughs> excuse me, Pasuk Gimel, my mission was to present to the mourners of, of Zion, as it were, to give to them Pe'er Tachas Efer, the interesting play on words, pe'er, glory, instead of ashes, both the same uh, root of the word, the same spellings, but reversed. So my job was to give them glory, replace the glory, or replace the ashes with glory. Shemen sason tachas evel, the anointing oil instead of the ashes, of mourning, ma'ate tchila tachas ruach keicha, a mantle of praise instead of a weakened spirit, and it will be said of them, a tree of righteousness, mata Hashem um the planting of Hashem, a uh, tree of justice, mishpat, the society built on justice. And says the Navi, Uvanu Haravos Olam Shmamos Mishonim Yokamemu. They will rebuild the ancient ruins uh, as they were before. This could be, as Mephorshim differ, could be literal. You're talking about rebuilding the ancient ruins of the destroyed walls of Yerushalayim. It could be metaphorical in that we're talking about the corrupted religious belief systems that grew into our history over the centuries. In other words, we're going to change all that. Uh, we're going to rebuild what was the original, raising up the desolations, renewing the destroyed cities, the desolation of generation after generation. Strangers, interesting, strangers and sons of strangers will flock to Israel. We know that's part of the um, 
coming to bask in the shining glory of Israel. And their purpose, of course, is just to be in close proximity to the Jewish people. And what they will do, they will watch your sheep, they will tend to your sheep, and they will offer to do their field work, the plowing, the vineyards, to why? To free B'nai Israel up for Torah. They recognize the primacy of Torah. They don't want Israel distracted for a second. It's a very interesting concept, but not a new one. It's even the fulfillment of a beautiful agadata in Brachos, Daf Lamed He Amud Beis. There is a machlokes as to can one learn or should one learn Torah without distraction, without the everyday distraction of work. And as you would suspect, there is a side that proposes that. On the other hand, there are proponents that say, no, what you've got to do is integrate work with learning Torah. You've got to find the time to learn Torah, find the time to get your work done. Let me read you of Shimon Bar Yochai Omer, Efshar, that's a question. Can it be possible that Adam Choresh Rishas Harisha, a man plows during the plowing season, Vizorea Bishas Ria, sows at the time of sowing, Vikotzer Bishas Ketzira, harvests at the time of harvesting, Vijosh Bishas Disha, threshes at the time of threshing, Zoreach Bishas Haruach's winnows at the time the wind blows. Then what Torah matzeheoleha? What will become of the study of Torah if people must be so preoccupied with their livelihoods? Certainly, says Roshimin ben Yochai, the Torah couldn't mean that you have to integrate Torah study combined with earning a livelihood. Ella bizman she Israel osin ritzonol shomakom. At the times in our history, when B'nai Yisrael is doing the will of the Kaddish Baruch Hu. Malachton nase ayidei Their work is done for them by others. Shenema ve'yamdu zorim ve'ra'ut As it is stated that, in this possible, that your job will be taken by Nachum strange and they will shepherd your flocks and tend to your vines. And thus the people of Israel will be able to tend exclusively to the Lima Torah. And that's a fulfillment of this prophecy. The Amni Haaretz, sensing that, will come to do your fields, to do the jobs of harvesting. Furthermore, says the Navi, Atem Kohane Hashem Tikro, Mishose Eloheinu Yehomalachem. You will be called priests, again fulfilling another Nebuah, Malchus Kohanim, Memlechus Kohanim. The nations of the world will recognize you as their spiritual leaders. To you, Mamlechus Kohanim, Vagoy Kadosh, the Torah says, and that's what this Nebuah fulfills. you are the Kohanim, Cheel Goyim Tahu, You will eat the wealth of nations as if you were their representative. In other words, they will look to you as their spiritual Kohanim. You will administer their needs. 
and by their honor, giving you their honor, ubechvodam tisyamru, an interesting adjective. You will be exchanged. So on one hand, the concept of tmura is in korbanos, that they will exchange one type of korban for another. That could be problematical because what a tmura often does is substitute a lesser form for the original, which is not what the purpose of that is here. But here it is an exchange which fulfills what Zechariah the Navi says, let me quote, God is one and his people are one. And so yes, they will scramble to do the Yavata, they will look to you as their religious servitors, as it were. Um, and that is the exchange. Instead of your being disgraced and humiliated, you will rejoice. It will be a total change of the shame of B'nai Yisrael in Golis, and they will inherit double, says the Navi. Um, there will be the joy of the world. You will inherit double. Ask the Mephoshim, what do we mean by double? Yes, everlasting simcha and the joy of their position. Uh, their flourishing physical conditions could be it. The Malbin has a very interesting interpretation. It says the Malbin double means double your land size. You will not be able to accommodate the return of the exiles, people flocking from all over the world to be part. You will now have to increase the size of Eretz Yisrael to its biblical proportions. And we know that the original boundaries of Eretz Yisrael go all the way up to Lebanon, some say all the way up to Syria, past Lebanon and Syria. It's the West Bank as well, it's up to the Euphrates. You are going to have to do that as a physical necessity. It is a blessing for it fulfills the prophecy as to the boundaries of B'nai Israel. That's double. Uh, literally, you double your land size, as it was. Ki ani Hashem mishpat. I Hashem love justice. I hate the corruption of the system that you had of the social system. I love justice, so they gezel, I hate thievery, ba'ola, uh, treachery. Therefore, kol ro'echem yakirim kehem zera berech Hashem. This ge'ula will see, it will be in truth, and I will make a covenant with my people, Bnei Yisrael, kehem zera barach, that I bless them, Hashem. Um, what we mean, what we're saying here, is that I will make them a covenant unlike any other bris. In other words, specifically, we know Egypt, replete with miracles, etc. We know Bavel, there was an exile, you know, a, a gaula. They were temporary. This will be permanent. So now, from Pasuk Yud, Israel's response to all of this, this vision of a glorious future. 
Um, and this part of the Navuya is a maftir that we read on Parshas Nitzavim, right the Shabbos before Rosh Hashanah. And so view this as Israel itself speaking in reaction to all this bounty that's being given them. Sosasis Vashem Togeo. I will rejoice in Hashem, uh, in the closeness. Togeo Nafshi Belokai. My soul rejoices in just the closeness, the relationship, the feelings of interconnectivity. He has wrapped me in a mantle of righteousness. Again, B'nai Yisraeli, he'll be shuni beged yesha me'ild stoka yartuni. He has enclosed me and encircled me. Yartuni kechosan yechahen per v'kekala tade kalel. He has closed me with the garments, with the beautification of garments of the chosan and the kala. That is the metaphor spoken. Says Rav Shimshin Raphael Hirsch that what we view it as, it's not the garments that bring the beauty and the glory. It's the chosan and kala, that they bring the beauty to the garments. And that's what the Navi means, what B'nai Israel actually means, that our behavior, our adherence to the Kaddish Baruch will justify the beauty, will create the beauty for the garments. Concludes the Navi, just as the earth brings forth its sprouts, so will Hashem so he will bring righteousness and praise that will be a message to all the nations. So we see in Yeshayahu's own words that there will be a fulfillment of those twin objectives. One, the kibbutz galios, all the exiles will be gathered from all the lands of their dispersion over all the centuries. In addition, we're an Orla Amin. The nations of the world will flock to our Yerushalayim to proclaim the unity of the Kaddish Baruch Hu and to claim their adherence to the Torah of Israel, Alpi has the uh, words of Hashem. We will continue in Mirza Hashem tomorrow, 845.